Hello, and welcome to the podcast. My name is Dr. Louise, and I help cycle breakers make decisions by unleashing the power of philosophy. Well, right now, as I'm recording this, it is November 14th, 2023. We are headed towards the final stretch of the year. And, you know, this time of year, we're headed a little towards our first, well, I guess, I guess Halloween's the first big holiday, but our next holiday, Thanksgiving here in the States, is coming up a complicated holiday for sure. But it naturally invites us to start thinking back on what's happened this year. I don't know how it's been for y'all, but it has been a doozy of a year for me, especially when it comes to my mental health. Now, for those of you who are new or may not know, I am a certified philosophical counselor, and that is a job that is quite different than a therapist. Now, I'm personally a big fan of having a multi-pronged approach to healing. So in addition to my work in philosophy, the majority of my adult life, I have also gone to therapy. In the past few years, I have worked with a variety of coaches on top of those other two modes. And you know, while I am not a mental health professional, I am a human who has had her fair share of mental health challenges. As you may know, I have complex PTSD and sometimes I struggle with depression. And this year mm, has put some serious pressure on that mental health stuff for me. I broke up with my partner of seven years. I've continued to deepen my grief around the passing of my abusive father. And most recently, I'm looking to take on some projects that are exactly the kind of thing past me would not have wanted to do. I've done my best to tend to my mental health along the way, but the hard facts are it's a bit rough in that department these days. And we won't even talk about all of the chaos in the outside world that is obviously taking a toll on the old brain as well. You can go check out some of the more recent podcast episodes if you want to talk about the chaos of the world right now. So in an effort to kind of ground myself um, among all of these these changes and turbulence in my life, you know, I kind of, I decided to just pick up an introduction to philosophy book. I actually came to the particular book I want to talk to you about today. Um, It's called Think by Simon Blackburn. I found this book as a recommendation on a subreddit called Ask Philosophy. I'll link to it in the um, description box. It was one of the books um, listed in their FAQs. I'll, I'll make sure to link it, especially in that. Um, they said it was particularly good for beginners. And I'm like, okay, let me see. Let me see what it's about. As you know, I'm not a beginner in philosophy. I, I have a PhD in it. Although sometimes I do wish I could be a beginner in philosophy again. I am trying to reconnect with my passion for the subject. And while I was doing that, I stumbled into something in the intro of this book that shocked me. It just came out of left field. Like most intro to philosophy books, uh, Blackburn took a little time to discuss why you should even bother studying philosophy. 
In general, I find these conversations interesting since it usually reveals something about the author's values. In this case, Blackburn gave three reasons why you should study philosophy. It was in the very first reason he gave that I was a bit taken aback. Here, Blackburn is suggesting that we should do philosophy um, for the same kinds of reasons that we consume music or TV shows or novels. Really, it's the same kind of reasons you want to consume art, right? You can think of philosophy as part of that. This is one popular opinion in why we should do philosophy. Um, it's not the only reason, but this is a popular one. But I hadn't heard this before. He said, um, as he was explaining this idea, quote, when our mental health is good, we take pleasure in mental exercise, right? So the thought here is that mental exercise is what we're doing when we're engaged in philosophy. So Blackburn is suggesting the thing that makes philosophy special. Why would you pick up a philosophy book rather than a novel or decide to do philosophy rather than listen to music is because of the mental aerobics required to seriously engage in the task. But why would he say that in order to derive pleasure from these kind of mental gymnastics, we need to have good mental health? As a philosophical counselor and coach, I have struggled with this point. Early in my work with clients, I would sometimes try to engage with folks whose mental health was in a very bad state. I never provided services to these sorts of folks unless they were also actively under the care of a therapist. But in general, I found such folks often struggle to sit and be still enough to really explore big ideas. Eventually, I came up with some rules to help connect with clients who were in a better spot to be able to do philosophy. For example, I never work with folks who have diagnosed personality disorders, and I do not work with folks who are actively in abusive environments. So clearly, I have seen firsthand how folks with a particular mental health circumstance struggle to reap the benefits of philosophy, and at the very same time, some of the most powerful interactions I have had with philosophy were in those moments where my mental health was not so good. In fact, I would say one of the main reasons that philosophy became my passion was because it actively helped me improve my mental health. And honestly, I don't think that's an unusual circumstance. I believe that philosophy can do amazing things for your mental health. And there's a lot of different ways it can do so. First, philosophy can help you see things from new perspectives. Learning to construct arguments, anticipating and defending against objections, and putting yourself in the other person's shoes, all of these things force you to step outside of your own limited perspective. Second, philosophy can help you feel less alone. When you are reading someone like Descartes or Nagarjuna or Simone de Beauvoir, and you see that they are sharing ideas that resonate exactly with where you are in this moment, you can't help but feel like you are a part of a broader human experience. 
I remember the first time that I read Marcus Aurelius's Meditations, I was going through a horrible breakup with a boy who tried to keep our whole relationship a secret. He was my first boyfriend and the whole thing was an actual nightmare. We were in marching band together and he was our parade drum major. And we didn't actually do a ton of parade marching, but he still was in a leadership position above me. So that's where my life was. Of course, I'm still living at home with my two abusive parents. I picked up this book and I was sitting on the steps to the math building, which was within eyesight of the band room. And I was waiting for practice to start. So it's kind of keeping an eye, trying to see when things were going to get going. I'm sitting on these steps and I'm a junior. So I was just starting to think about college applications. Right now, I don't remember the exact words I read that day from the meditations. I honestly, there's a ton of good stuff in there. I don't know what I, what exactly it was, but I do remember the feeling that book gave me. I've been going through months of feeling extremely isolated between the secret relationship, the bullshit of my abusive parents and the feelings that come up once you start heading towards college I felt like there wasn't a human in the world who understood me. I was frustrated by the generic advice people feed high schoolers. Every single bit of that stuff seemed predicated on having a stable home life and normal problems. My circumstances never fit with the usual self-help stuff. When I dug into the meditations, I breathed a sigh of relief. Finally, here was somebody who had some actual ideas about what I could do to help my circumstance, who didn't assume a bunch of stability and support that was never accessible to me. Here was this ancient Roman dude telling me that I could improve my experience no matter what BS was in my environment. The meditations was the exact medicine I needed right then. It made me feel like someone really understood what it's like to live in a world where you control so little. I wasn't alone anymore. And there was hope that I could actually do something to make my experience better, even if I couldn't change the big variables in my life. As an undergrad, I was simultaneously flying high and labeled as having depression. My actual day-to-day -day life was objectively so much better than anything I had experienced living with my abusive parents. And yet my therapist saw that I was experiencing these big negative feelings related to processing the shit that was my upbringing. At that time in my life, I adored philosophy because it was so mentally demanding that you couldn't spend time thinking about how bad other stuff was. The mental gymnastics over abstract things made me tired in a way that meant I was peaceful outside of my work. I didn't have to mull over the BS my mother did to me by announcing that she would divorce my father weeks before my graduation and then me having to keep a secret, keep that all a secret until I had gotten through my graduation activities, which P.S. in the end, she spilled the beans before I managed to get home from my graduation trip to Disneyland. But nonetheless, I found peace then with philosophy. When I was in my early 20s, 
philosophy was wonderful for my mental health because it gave me real authentic breaks. I didn't have the mental energy to lean into rumination or hypervigilance when I had spent my time exploring the big ideas of Aristotle or puzzling over the work of David Hume. Rather than drown in the millions of worries that I had, I could put my energy toward understanding what human consciousness is with David Chalmers. The healing power of mental gymnastics is not just for people who have good mental health. I think we need a baseline of safety and security to engage in the work of philosophy, but I overall disagree with Blackburn. For me and for many of my clients, philosophy can help us directly improve our mental health, whether that is through escapism, developing new ways of thinking, or just feeling less alone. So if you're struggling with your mental health, you might consider doing some philosophy. And honestly, there are so many great ways to do that. Do you love reading? You might want to check out Sophie's World, which is a young adult novel that covers a lot of the history of philosophy. Maybe you'll like more of a nonfiction vibe. Oxford University Press has uh, this book series called A Very Short Introduction. These are very small books that cover a wide array of topics in philosophy, including beauty, emotions, consciousness, and so much more. If you would rather read some original works from actual philosophers, then you might kick your journey off with Plato's dialogues. These are written almost like a play, so they're very approachable and will definitely give you some interesting stuff to think about. Maybe reading isn't your speed. Maybe especially on those days when your mental health isn't so great. No problem. One of my favorite philosophy podcasts is called The History of Philosophy Without Any Gaps. Not only did the creator come from the same university I got my PhD from, he has done a marvelous job of covering philosophy around the world. No Eurocentrism to be found here. Philosophy Bites is another great podcast if you enjoy listening to interviews. Maybe you're not into podcasts. Maybe you're not into books. How about watching some videos? There are many choices if you're interested in kind of going through philosophy on YouTube. Um, Arami Asi Frimpong, forgive me if I have destroyed the pronunciation, um, also known as the Funky Academic, um, he is a Black philosopher who covers a wide array of philosophical topics, all while working to take down white supremacy. Very cool channel. If you like the vibe of traditional lectures, Dr. Gregory Sandler is a skilled philosopher who covers a wide array of topics in depth. Um, Arami doesn't use doctor in his title, which is why I've just given you his title exactly as it is on YouTube. Uh, Gregory Sandler does put his doctorate in there, just as a side note. Now, if you think any of this sounds good, you want to check it out, I will be sure to link all of the things I just mentioned. Um, and I'll also link to the Ask Philosophy subreddit so you can check it out. Now, it's worth pointing out that all of these resources that I just listed are focused on helping you get the contents of philosophy. What do I mean by that? I mean, if you pick up one of these books and open it to a random page, 
you will almost certainly see the author explaining to you what one philosopher said when trying to answer a particular question. Learning and thinking about what other philosophers said is a large part of what you do when you study philosophy. However, I don't think it's the best part. I enjoy engaging in the mental gymnastics to learn what smart people had to say about particular philosophical questions as much as the next guy. But in my experience, the most satisfying way to exercise that big, beautiful brain in a way that can have a big impact on your overall well-being is learning to think better. For me, philosophy at its core is about understanding the structure of thought. Interestingly, Simon Blackburn, in the very same chapter, he claims that you need good mental health to do philosophy. He also says that his main job is to be, quote, a conceptual engineer. He says, for just as the engineer studies the structure of material things, so the philosopher studies the structure of thought. He goes on to say that the thinking we study in philosophy, quote, involves attending to basic structures of thought. This can be done well or badly, intelligently or ineptly, but doing it well is not primarily a matter of acquiring a body of knowledge. It is more like playing the piano well. It is a knowing how as much as a knowing that. All of this is happening in the introduction to his book, Think. Now, the problem, I think, for those of us struggling with our mental health and really just anybody trying to reap the benefits of philosophy is that the traditional way to come to understand this structure of thought is hard to access. Usually, this looks like studying what a ton of philosophers say. You practice unpacking the arguments they present, explore challenges to their arguments, and evaluate how well those authors navigated those challenges. You also usually construct your own arguments in conversation with those authors and do your best to overcome any challenges your argument faces. This is all well and good if you're a university student and have a lot of time to dedicate to all of these efforts, but for most of us, this is a very tall order. Instead, what I see happening to a lot of people is that they learn a little bit about how one or two philosophers answered a few key questions, and then they grow weary of the task. Folks struggle to continue to invest time in the subject, in part because it feels more like learning fun facts about what a few folks thought, rather than something that can improve their immediate well-being. This is where I think philosophical counseling can really come in to help out. The long road to getting the deep benefits of philosophy when it comes to your thinking involves years of studying and analyzing other philosophers. The short road involves working one-on-one -on -one with an actual philosopher. Philosophers have already done the work of studying the structures of thought. When you work with one of them directly, you can benefit from all of that training without having to sort through all of it yourself. Now, 
I would not recommend rolling up to your typical university professor to achieve this. Those folks are usually heavily focused on making sure people who want to talk to them understand how Aristotle answers this particular philosophical question. Philosophical counselors, however, are trained to focus on tailoring the power of philosophy directly to your real life problems. You can spend years churning through tons of arguments and mastering what particular philosophers thought about certain questions, or you can train with an actual philosopher to help beef up and directly improve your own way of thinking. I recently wrapped up my group coaching program called the Thoughtful Survivors Club. It was wonderful because I got to take an amazing small group of folks directly through some of the thought patterns that undermine our healing journey as survivors of long-term abuse. This is the kind of work that I do with my one-on-one -on -one clients as well. Although I'm happy to talk about how Aristotle would totally think going no contact with your abusive mom is a good call, and believe me, I do talk about that sometimes, the main thing I'm going to do most often is tune in on the specific points of improvement in the way you are thinking through your decision making. As a philosopher, I can see those struggle points in the foundation of how you are thinking about your circumstance. I use my years of training to formulate a few key questions that I share with you. These questions might seem straightforward, but usually they are carefully crafted to help you build a stronger foundation. This is the magic of working one-on-one -on -one with a philosopher. So whenever your mental health is in a rough place, I would encourage you to find some way to engage in philosophy. Never mind the silliness Blackburn was spouting about needing good mental health to start. If you are basically safe and sitting and thinking about something interesting sounds good to you, you're in a great place to engage in philosophy. Whether you pick up a book, a podcast, a YouTube, or schedule a session with a philosophical counselor, my bet is it will help lift up your spirits. If you're interested in working one-on-one -on -one with me in particular, I am currently taking new clients. You can email me, it's drlouise at empowermentthroughthought.com if you'd like to talk about possibly working together. Thanks so much for listening to this episode and I'll catch you guys in the next one. Bye-bye.